0: Hello, friends, and welcome back. We're just about home for Christmas. And along the way on our journey, we've discovered that a young couple, Mary and Joseph, found themselves in a perilous time, living in a time where their nation was occupied, economy was shaky, religious system was failing them, and their journey was demanded of them in the most inopportune time. There was much to fear all around them. And yet it was exactly in this time in this time of fear, in the time of the unknown, that God showed up. And he showed up as a savior, just at the right time to save them, to save us, to save the world. When we needed him the most, God showed up. God shows up to the rescue. And the interesting tension that we find in our story is that the message of Christmas is so much more than the story of Christmas. What I mean is, and if you have been, if you've been tracking with us over the last few weeks, is that many of us have heard the story of Christmas. You know the one, the one with Mary and Joseph and a nice baby and some animals and shepherds and angels. And because we've heard it so many times, let's just be honest here for a second. We sanitize the story of Christmas. It becomes cute and neat and kind of pretty, right? We have this cute baby, a nice looking manger that looks warm and inviting. But when we sanitize, when we share only the story of Christmas, we so often miss the message of Christmas. And the message of Christmas is that once upon a time, in a perilous and fearful and messy time, in a smelly, unsanitized barn, after a really long journey, with much fear and trepidation, in exactly that moment, God decided to show up and offered to give humanity a gift, a relationship with Him, offered to give us forgiveness, and it will cost us nothing. But despite this lavish and free gift, we as generations before and since. Continue to try to purchase and trade and barter with God for His approval, believing that the gift was too good to be true. But the message of Christmas, the message of our journey home for Christmas, is that God came into the world to bring us back, to bring us back home to Him, to offer intimacy, to offer hope and peace, to offer home. That we have always been designed for. Because just like at one time, there was intimacy and relationship with God. Until humanity through Adam and Eve broke away and found themselves afraid, anxious, surrounded by death and far from home. So just at the right time, this is the message. Just at the right time, God in his mercy decided to gift us the relationship at no cost to us. Friends, this is the message of Christmas. That the gift of God is not for sale. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to trade for it. You can't barter for it. It's simply a gift. And all you have to do is decide if you will receive it. But isn't it true that something in me, something in you, something in us, doesn't seem to want to trust that it's free? That I have to, like, we have this feeling that I have to do something to actually receive it. That I have to accomplish something to have this. That I have to earn my way to receive something from God. Because, well, let's be honest. So many of us, we think, well, I think, I don't know if I'm, if I'm good enough, consistent enough, smart enough, holy enough, repentant enough, kind enough to receive something so great from God. So we believe that the transactional relationships is actually the way of life. We believe this because we see life behaving this way all around us. And God says, no, not in my kingdom, not in my house, not in my home. In my home, it's a free gift. Will you or will you not receive it? So friends, as we unpack this message of the story, the real inside scoop of the Christian story, I want to read the story one more time. I want us to look at Luke chapter 2, and it's been really crucial for us, and I know we looked looked at it each week, but I think it's really important in this season for us to be really inside the story because it has so much to teach us about the message of Christmas. So let's check it out one more time in Luke 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. And you would be too, wouldn't you? I mean, holy cow, what's happening here? But the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. All the holy people, all the good people, all the repentant people. No, he says, all the people, despite of what they have done, in spite of all the things we have done, I bring you good news to all of you. All of you. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. A Savior, a rescuer. God knows exactly who we needed, and he came as a Savior. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, laying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Oh man, this is such great news. That means, like, do you understand what it's saying here? It means that God gets all the credit. Glory to God in the highest. God gets all the glory, all the adoration, all the thankfulness. And what do we get? We get peace. God gets all the glory and we get all the peace. Just think about this transition and teaching that we have read for week after week after week. The story that we've heard about, sang about, this Christmas story. The message of the story is that you and I get to give God All the glory, no matter what we've done, no matter what we have seen, no matter what we have thought. And God, in this glory and love for us, offers us peace in spite of anything we've done. God, in His great love for us, offers us peace. Peace in a time of fear. The good news for all men is that we get all the peace and God gets all the credit. Because God is giving you something that no one else has ever offered you. Let's keep reading. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. Friends, this is, this is the good news. And I don't know what all of you believe. I don't know what you think about or what you hear when you hear this amazing story. I don't know all the suspicions, doubts, worries that creep into your mind when you read this story. But the one thing that strikes me, the one thing that I think about, that if this is true, and I believe it is, but if this is true, and there's a God in heaven that loves you, that loves us so much, that he shows up here, that he shows up, In the most fearful time, in the most perilous time, and offers to rescue us, and it costs us nothing. In fact, if this is a free gift from him, one that happens to be given to us in spite of us, if this is true, friends, this is amazing news. It's not just good news, it's amazing news. And I wonder sometimes if this is the part of the message, this amazing news that sometimes gets lost in the story of Christmas. Because the message of Christmas is the most amazing news we can possibly ever hear. It is the news that in spite of us, in spite of anything you have thought or done, said, did, undid, left, stepped on, in spite of all of who you are, God is offering us a free gift so that you can have peace, all of the peace, so that you can come home to the intimacy and love that you so desperately crave and hope for. The home that humanity once experienced in God's presence. Friends, who wouldn't want this? What is better than this offer? I mean, seriously, what's a better offer than this? Has anybody offered you something better than this? God knows you, he sees you, and all that you've done, and his response isn't condemnation, but rather that you need saving that you and I need it, whether we realize it or not. You and I need it. Because friends, we can't save ourselves from from even anger. Can you save yourself from habits that you know are ruining your life, that are ruining your health, your relationships? Can you save yourself from those? Who has a better offer? God is offering you a gift, all the peace offering you eternal life and forgiving you for all your mess. Who's offering you something better? Is there a better offer? But I think the reason so many of us miss the message, miss the message of this story, miss the free offer, miss the fact that we need saving, miss the fact that something so amazing is being announced to us and we miss it and we can't connect the dots with the reality that we're designed for intimacy and peace, for a home that we actually long for, no matter how much or how little we have, that we actually long for this place and we can't even explain the longing. We don't understand it. We don't even know what to do with our restlessness and fear. I think this happens. I think the reason we miss this is because we have experienced something or experienced someone who has made the story be anything but the message of Christmas. Someone came along and explained the story in a way that it, that it either didn't make sense or lost its amazing appeal. And then it seemed anything but good news to us. In fact, it seemed like bad news, oppressive news, confining news, a news that made us cringe. Or, or someone, someone came along and applied the story in such a way that we didn't want to have anything to do with it because it seemed like a worse way of living than we already were living. Their application seemed to be not as honest, not as kind, not as generous than the way you already are living. And you looked at this application of the story and you didn't want any part of it because it it looked nothing like good news. You know what I mean? I have this funny story that I always tell my kids. And it was when I was in grade nine here in Saskatoon and I remember our high school was getting internet. I know this seems like I'm ancient but it was getting internet on our school computers. We didn't have internet in our house yet even. I think we had just got a computer and believe me, friends, there was a time where you could have a computer without internet. It's weird but it existed. It was a time. Okay, so I know I'm kind of aging myself here and uh, and before you freak out and say, wait, how old are you before internet? I, I just, look, internet isn't actually that old. Like the way we use it now is maybe what, 22 years old? I don't know. Which, of course, for some of you is a lifetime, so I get it. Um, hmm. But the big picture is actually that internet didn't always exist. And I remember a time internet arrived in our high school. And I remember thinking, well, this is going to be awesome, right? Like, we didn't, I didn't know much about it, but I knew this is going to be cool because the whole world's knowledge is going to be accessible at my fingertips. I can find anything in an instant. That sounds amazing. And I mean, of course, now that we use Zoom and and we have TV shows and all the stuff we do online and all the communication, we can't even imagine life without it. But I remember thinking, man, this is new. This is going to be awesome. And I remember this story, and I remember really clearly, and I tell my kids about it, that our school librarian was beginning to explain and teach us on the use of internet on our school computers. And the way she explained it, I literally, to this moment, remember sitting there and thinking, there is never, ever going to be a time where I'm going to use internet. I will never need to do anything that she's talking about. I will never have any need about, for things on the internet that this lady's telling me about. Because the way she explained it made no impact on my life. And the way she was explaining it made it seem like internet was terrible and clunky. And I didn't want to have any part of it. It was her explanation. And her explanation made me feel that internet wasn't actually good news. It seemed actually completely opposite of that. It seemed irrelevant. And her explanation made me believe this internet is going to have no value. And then on another day, one of my teachers, my other teachers, was showing us things he has done on the internet. He was showing us what we could achieve if we use internet. So I thought, okay, this is going to be exciting because I actually see the results. But what they did with the internet, what this teacher was doing, and I was looking at it and I thought, this is terrible. Like, this looks like the graphic he made looks worse than the one I can draw in my notebook. And I remember thinking, well, if this is the application to this and the code and the things he used to write it all, I thought this final product looks terrible and irrelevant. So I guess I really won't use the internet ever. Frankly, I'm way better without it. So so his application of the internet made me again believe that this new technology has no use for me, or frankly, for society. It was going to be that thing that you learn in school about, right? We all have a subject that we learn in school, and then we never use it again. So within two days of explanation and application of the internet, I thought I would never need internet. Friends, how many of us hear the message of the Christmas story and don't see it as good news? Because so many of us, have been in conversations. So many, of us, so many of us have experienced people who have taken the story of Christmas and explained it in such a way that it lost any relevance to us or why or how this would even be good news. And yet for some of us, we have seen someone apply the story of Christmas in such a way that it became all about separating, excluding, gossiping, or just outright mean. And they applied it in such a way that it became bad news, that it became terrible, right? You've seen these applications before, right? It's that guy that cuts you off in traffic and then he gives you a hand gesture and all the while he's doing this, he has a Jesus fish on his bumper. Friends, the reason so many of us have, ex- have not accepted the message of the Christmas story is because so many of us have experienced the story of Christmas without the message. We have either seen it explained Or applied in a way that it is in no shape good news to us. Friends, the reason so many people don't explore Christianity or try Christianity is because of these two reasons poor explanation and improper application. And friends, it pains my heart that this distorted story got in the way of the amazing offer and the message of the good news of the Christmas story, the good news is that it's for all people, in spite of all the confusing explanations and poor applications. So what I would like to do today is to look at this amazing story, this amazing message that we, we have been reading and rereading from Luke, and read it through another lens, through someone else's writing. I want to look at the good news according to John. Now, I know we're not supposed to really have favorites in the Bible because it's all inspired Word of God. But the gospel of John, the writing of John is my favorite. And it's my favorite for many reasons. And in it, we find that John was one of the disciples of Jesus. And he writes the gospel about 40 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. He's an older man now. And as he writes and reflects on his life and what he had seen Jesus do and teach, John writes the good news, the account of Jesus' life. In fact, even if you've never been in church, or don't know much about the Bible, the odds are you have heard some of the most famous writing by John because he wrote the most famous and memorable verse in the entire Bible, John 3.16. And even if you don't know what it actually says, odds are you saw the reference, right? Maybe it was at an athletic event or a TV show. You might not even have known what it's talking about. You might not even know it's from the Bible, but John wrote it. Let's just read it together. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Do you see what this is? This, friends, is not just the most famous summary of the gospel, of the good news in the entire Bible. Do you see what John has done this? Do you see that this is the Christmas message? You see, after seeing all that John saw Jesus do, after reflecting on his life, after witnessing all that John had witnessed, in the end of it all, John writes the account, the good news, and he summarizes the Christmas message through his lens of saying what Luke had already said, right? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Do not be afraid. Because God so loved the world. And that will cause a great joy because God gave his one and only son, the baby, in a perilous time, in a fearful time, God gave his son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Good news for all people. The most famous, the most memorable verse in the entire Bible is the message of Christmas. The message that God so loved the world. That's all people. That's you and me. No matter what we have done or haven't done, the message that in spite of us, God so loved the world that he gave, he gifted, he didn't sell, he didn't trade, he didn't barter, he gave a gift because we give to those we love. John says, I know God loves the world because he gave, and you know what his gift was? His one and only son. The baby of Bethlehem, the one that the shepherds went to see, the one that came in the perilous time, that whoever believes, whoever receives, whoever trusts. By the way, that's what the word believe means here. It means from Greek, to trust, to accept this gift. Whoever trusts this gift will have life, will have peace into eternity. That person will come home. What John is saying, that when God sent Jesus into the world, that the way the individual receives the gift is by placing their trust in the fact that Jesus is their savior. That when he came, he came for you, and he died, he died for you. That when you accept this gift, when you accept this saving act, when you do that, check this out, you shall not perish but have, you will have because it is a gift, you will have eternal life. Friends, do you know what eternal life is? Eternal life is life with intimacy with God. It is entering home. Home you were designed for from the beginning of time. It is a home without death. Death that impedes and destroys because we sinned and separated us from the intimacy with God. Eternal life is God life. It's the life that connects you back to the intimacy we once experienced in the presence of God in the garden. Where fear and shame separated us from that and sin sin brought death, but when we accept this gift of eternal life, we return home. We are saved to a place we were always designed for. We return to what our souls long for, to return to peace to be in the presence of and in a relationship with God. Eternal life is the amazing gift for those who freely receive by placing their trust in Jesus. Eternal life is giving back to you what you have lost because of sin. So friends, who wouldn't want this gift? What's better than this gift? Who doesn't want peace and rest from this anxious and confusing time? Who doesn't want to finally feel themselves loved, accepted, cared for, nurtured, and completely at home? Who doesn't want that? Friends, we have some options. There are things we can do, and here they are. First, you can try to earn it. There's something in us that just doesn't want to do this, uh, this free gift thing, right? It's so hard to wrap our heads around free We don't want a free ride. We keep thinking we we have to do something. We we need to get better. We need to put things in order. Um, There's something in us that seems to want to barter, earn, trade, find approval. So yeah, we can keep trying. We can keep trying to earn it and keep anxiously striving for it. Or we can think about it. And look, I know it's hard to think it all through. And I understand. I, I know the doubts, the problems, the things that we all carry. I get that. We have all had bad explanations and poor applications. And so because of it, we're a bit nervous to know what to do with this whole story and this whole message. And yet something about the message and the kindness and beauty that it carries, something in it resonates with us. So friends, I know and I I want us to think about it. But I also want us to ask the question, wonder why at one point in history, a small band of people, through their generosity and kindness and love for all people, toppled empires and changed the world. Think about that. Why did that happen? And when you do think about it, when you do ask, ask yourself, what's the better option? What's better than that? So yeah, we can try to earn it. We can think about it or... We can receive this gift. You can accept the gift that God wants to so freely offer you, and he gets all the credit, but you and I get all the peace. Friends, all I'm asking you today is would you, would you be receptive? Would you, if you have not done it before, speak to your heavenly father who loves you so much that he offers this completely free gift, his son, the baby in Bethlehem, who grew up and transformed the world as anyone knew it? Would you place your trust and your belief in him? And look, if you're not sure, if you're wrestling because of all the other explanations and all the other bad applications, would you maybe say, yes, yeah, I've heard things explained poorly and I've seen people live it badly. But would you ask God to show up? Would you ask him to respond and then would you take time to listen? Would you ask God to show up in your life? I say this, friends, because if God loves you the way Luke says he loves you, if God loves you the way John says he loves you, if he loves you in the way the message of Christmas says he loves you, then he will show up. So would you ask him? Would you speak to him about this amazing message of all the peace that he offers you, and that he offers you to come back home, would you talk to him? The message of Christmas is that I'm not going to place my trust in anything else anymore. Because everything else brings a sense of fear, a sense of hopelessness, and anxiety. But the message of Christmas is that we can receive a free gift without any conditions, without getting anything right first, without having all the ducks in a row, without having everything sorted out. The message of Christmas is the free gift that when we receive it, when we place our trust in God, who desperately wants to save you, and when we do, we get all the peace and all of the eternity and give all the glory to God. Today, I want to give you an opportunity so that like the shepherds, who heard the message, and when they heard it, they believed it, and then they acted on what they heard, and they went to praise God. So the way you respond and act on the message of this good news is simply by f- having faith or placing your faith, your trust, believing the good news in Jesus, placing your faith in Jesus as your personal Savior. And so today, as we close, I would like to close in prayer, and you can pray with me or change the words so that it's maybe more of your words, your prayer of accepting the message of Christmas. But I would like to give you this opportunity to pray so that you would receive the gift in and through Jesus so that you can live and have peace beyond all understanding. Friends, would you pray with me? God, my Heavenly Father, I'm so tired of trusting myself. I'm so tired of failing. And looking to earn my way into love. Earning my way to hope. Earning my way to peace. I'm just so tired. And frankly, I'm kind of afraid. God, would you save me? I accept and believe and trust in you, God. For you so loved me. You so loved us. You so loved the world that you gave your one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God, thank you. For this gift, I accept and I trust in you. Thank you for giving it to us. Thank you for the faithful shepherds, for the faithful Mary and Joseph, for the faithful disciples and apostles who didn't keep this gift secret, but proclaimed this good news, this amazing news to us. Thank you for that. I accept the gift and place my trust in you, Jesus. Amen. Now, friends, if you prayed this, if you prayed this prayer, if you placed your trust in God, would you let us know? Would you let us know in the chat right now? Maybe in an email or a text or a message, would you call us? Please do not keep this to yourself. Please do not keep it secret. But let us journey with you together. Let us journey together home for Christmas. God bless you.